Based upon our last podcast, we're talking about New Year's and resolutions. And, you know, I think we should quell some of the... Quell's a good word. Quell's a good word. That is a good word. Let's end it there. Quell it's some myths and, and facts about what, like, people should hear people shit in the gym. That's not a sentence, but we're going to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, uh, I mean, one of the things I usually hear in the gym is that if you're not sweating profusely, you're not putting in the effort. Is that true? No? Yes. yes. <laughs> You're going to be a doctor? I mean, I'm just hosting right now. I know it's not true. I just, I'm just trying to build suspense for the audience. We are a, like a like grassroots podcast here. We're trying to... This is the best we could do right now, man. You know, we don't, we don't have a Patreon. We don't have anything. All of this is staying in, so they see the desperation in, like, you know, my life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. uh, this was actually talked about. So, and some of the men made a comment the other day in the gym about the same thing. Like, first off, in our gym, it's not warm in the winter, so like it's it's harder to sweat. Anyway, uh, that's why I'm kind of sitting like this now. <laughs> um, but um, no, sweating is just going to be your body's way of Cooling controlling you know, heat. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it depends on what you're doing. If you're running outside in the summer, then you're going to sweat a lot. If you're lifting in a colder gym, you're probably not going to sweat a lot. Um, that doesn't mean you still don't want to get warm. Like, I mean, I think some people come in, especially this time of year when it's cold outside, walk in and are touching a barbell within 30 seconds. Like, maybe take some time to get your body temperature up a little bit. I usually tell people, like, once you break a sweat, you've, then you know you've warmed up some. That's a good thing. Uh, but that doesn't mean you're going to be pouring sweat the whole workout, especially with this kind of training where... You know, especially as you get closer to a meet and you're lifting heavier and your reps are down and and you're taking longer rests, like your body temperature is not going to be spiked the whole time. You're going to have ups and downs, so you're not going to sweat that much. So sweating is also not a good sign of like that you've got a good workout. Like I sweat just standing outside. <laughs> like it's 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 just, it. it's just hot. That's the new program. I like sweat, start sweating. I like sweat, I sweat eating burgers sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like. It's, a, it's a good workout. <laughs> like sweat isn't a good indicator at all. Like in same thing with like being tired. Like just being tired isn't an indicator that you got a good workout. Sweat just means that you're that you're hotter than you were when you started. And so what's a good way to gauge sort of your like oh I'm putting in like all the effort I can put in, other than like. Because, I mean, for most people, they think exercise, they think sweat. And they're like, okay, I should, I should gauge it by that. I think, I mean, and how much effort you're putting in, that's pretty subjective. Um, I've slowly started to add this into some of the programs of just, like, where at the end of the program, I want you to, like, at the end of the day, uh, you know, just rate the day. Like, was it a was it a crappy day? Was it a good day? Was it a great day? And you kind of know if you've put your effort in. Um because, like, there's days where you might not put in full effort and you'll still lift pretty well because you're getting stronger, so that's <clears> fine. And that's from all the other days that you've put effort in. But, like, if you come in and just kind of half-ass the workout, you know that. There's, like, there's – or, on the other hand, if you come in and absolutely kill the workout, you know that you did that. But I'm not sure there's – the objective ways might not be as good. 
you know, maybe you can say, okay, yeah, I did more volume because you like you felt good and you pushed a little bit harder, or I lifted more weight, or you did more time on the the rowing machine or something like that. But I mean, you could still go half ass and do a lot a lot of work too. So yeah. I think it's more of a subjective thing, How, you know. And I feel like there's probably a lot of other factors that play into it because you're only working out for you know 45 minutes to like two or three hours. The rest of your 24 hours, there's a whole bunch of shit going on. So that right. also plays in the factor of how much effort you're going to have here, how much right. energy you're going to have here. Right. And, and some, I mean, even for the time thing, though, that, that can be if you, if I wrote a, a training session that should last like an hour and 20 minutes and you took three hours, maybe you didn't put as much effort into it as if you did it in an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, so if your rest period, say two minutes and you're taking seven minutes, you're you're not getting the same effect. You could be training harder. Um, I think that's probably in in this kind of a training, and especially this gym. That's probably the the biggest weakness of training. Um, is that you push each individual set as hard as you can, but then you're resting too long and not getting that cumulative effect that you should be in in one individual workout. Yeah. That happens a lot. Yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> that a lot. Well, I was reading an article. And then you won't sweat because yes. you're taking so much rest. Well, the article online that I read about these myths and facts that I'm reading right now, it says, uh, you know, one myth is that you uh, working out with friends is a bad idea. And I feel like that's true here. <laughs> Just, is that really a myth? That's a myth because they're Someone all like, they're all like, they're like, oh man, you shouldn't work out with friends. And then they're like, oh, that's a myth because, you know, friends can motivate you. And that's true. That's like, don't like, get me wrong. Like, you right? Period. That's but like, <laughs> to make progress. But generally, like, because we're all pretty tight here, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like that, like, we're all like, oh, we want to talk to everyone. We haven't seen everyone in like thirteen hours. <laughs> like, we should we need to hang out. I need to update you on my dreams that I had last <laughs> night. <laughs> and next thing you know, you know, an hour and twenty minute workout is like uh, for seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a line. I mean, you're like you said, your friends can definitely help support you and help motivate you and push you a little bit harder. But go, right, like you said, if you're taking seven minutes in between sets because you're talking too much, then then maybe your friends are holding you back there. So, Dang. so cut them off. Just cut them off. No more friendships. <laughs> Just I've said this here, like. Train hard until you're done, and then hang out. If you want to, hang, I don't. I'm not kicking anyone out because they they're done with their workout. Unless but, it's closed, then you gotta leave. But yeah, then you gotta leave. But if but if you've been here for three and a half hours, you're not done with your workout yet. Then there's something wrong. Like maybe you're talking too much. Like you know, we've got a few members that like to come in and they get here, and 45 minutes later they haven't even started to work out yet, and it's like we we got we we gotta move. We gotta move. Like I mean, if you got all the time in the world, that's cool, but. Get your workout done nice. If you want to hang out and talk to people after, do that. That's fine. Then prevent them from workouts. And then prevent but it makes, you, from workouts. it makes your yeah. workout better if you're going, moving. I mean, it definitely having friends around was also very beneficial because I remember a lot of the times, like, I was having a shitty day. And then the friendly competition of hanging out with someone and, like, oh, I'm going to lift more than you, that just forces it. Yeah. To, and, I mean, you have the new... Uh, uh, Strong class, right? Yeah, strong class. So I feel like how's sort of the group atmosphere there playing to? They all, uh, I think we're talking about it, like everyone kind of rises to the occasion of what, like we do, so we start with Prowler. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of them would have never thought we would get 
to as heavy as we were, I think, last Saturday. Uh, I mean, we started with, like, pushing two plates around, and they were getting a good workout, and then we got to, after six, five weeks, we got to uh, pushing 335 around, and it wasn't that hard because I saw everyone else doing it. So, like, the competition and, like, seeing, like, oh, shit, that's possible, I can do that, I should push harder. Yeah. That helps, for sure. So you should work out with friends, yes. but also don't work out with friends. So. Don't have any close don't. friendships. <laughs> Keep your Keep enemies your close. <laughs> Consider all your friends as enemies. And you'll, you'll anyway, enough of that. Right? Another lift. Another lift. Another lift. What's another lift? <laughs> another myth yeah. is about lifting yeah. and that you should be lifting every day if you want to get strong. Uh, no, you're you're only gonna be as strong and only be as good as you can recover from. Uh, I'm not saying that that doesn't mean you can't train every day. I I have a couple members. Uh, I have one that trains seven days a week. I have three or four that train six days a week. Um, primarily, most of our people train three or four, um, and that's just I think that comes down to more of what your schedule's like. Um, the people that I that I coach six or seven days a week, that doesn't mean they're doing two-hour programs every day. Um, like, I you know, day six on, on one of our newer members' programs the other day, I think he blasted through it in, like, 40 minutes. Um, there was no big lifts on it. It was all uh, smaller assistant stuff, that, of stuff that he needed to work on and some mobility work. And he did some, I think he did his cardio in the morning before he came in. Um, but he was in and out of here in 40 minutes. We're, like, his day one probably took like an hour and 30 minutes because like he was pushing the safety squat bar pretty heavy um but someone who's here four days a week they're just gonna get there i mean like the total amount of work done for someone here four days a week and someone here seven days a week is not that much different it's just divided up differently um and if you can only do three days a week then i'm probably gonna give you a little bit more on those three days um so no you don't have to train every day um an extreme example, I talk about Bucks all the time. His, I think his junior year of college, he was here once a week. Uh, his, he had one semester where he was working full-time, going to school full-time, and he was commuting. So, like, yeah. getting to the gym was just was just not possible most days between his, uh, work and school. So he basically came in every Friday night and did a powerlifting meet with some back work afterwards. I mean, it was, you know, like, a, day one would be, like day one of the semester was like a lighter squat with a volume bench and a heavy deadlift and then some back work. And then the next week we did like volume squat with a heavy bench and some light deadlift and some back work. And he did that for like four months and it's in no way ideal, but at the end of the training cycle, like he hadn't lost any strength and I mean, he hadn't gotten, he hadn't upped any of his numbers, but he didn't lose any strength over four months from training one day a week. Um, you don't need to train every day. Uh, one day might be also unreasonable, <laughs> but um, you're only going to be as good as you recover from. So if you're training six or seven days a week and you're going into your next workout or you're or even three four workouts on the line, you're still sore and you're not recovering as well. You're not going to get better. You're just going to you're going to start getting worse slowly until it kind of snowballs into like why you can't understand why you can't do things that you could do six weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so it depends. I mean, like I said, you can do it every day, but look at your program. If you're doing seven aggressive days then maybe that's too much with all the clients you have with all the athletes that you have is there like a like an ideal sort of days per week that you've seen be the most effective because i mean at least for 
I mean, you've had obviously we have bucks of examples one day a week. We have people who are seven days a week. Ideally, three or four days a week. I've done two a days, and then there's other people who've done two a days, and there's some people who just kind of show up once every couple <clears throat> months and like who comes in and show up and then they leave. Um, I think it's just it. I don't know. I think it's gonna be ideal for that person. Like I, I to say to someone like four days a week is the ideal training program. I. I always, like I say there, like if someone, if a trainer says to you, if they give you a straight answer, then they're probably wrong. It probably should be. They have the exact amount of yeah. like, <laughs> like, like it, it probably, Four days, three hours. It probably needs to be in, it's like, it's an, it depends. Um, what's your work schedule like? What kind of a job do you have? Um, if you've got a very demanding physical job, then four days a week might be too much. Maybe you only need to do three days a week. Um, or maybe do a four day training cycle, but you do it over 10 days instead of seven days. Or. Maybe if you've got a job where, you know, you're just sitting at a desk and it's not physically demanding, like you want to get up and move more because you've been sitting all day, so maybe you want to do five days. Or maybe you don't like to be in the gym for two hours a day, so you'd rather do seven 45-minute days. Like there's, I think it's so dependent on the person that I don't think I can say like what's ideal. Um, If, I mean, if we think about like going like we always talk about USAPL Raw Nationals like so going to Raw Nationals this year like of the people that trained I think most of the people that were there did four days a week but we had a few that did five we had one that uh, our top performer Stephanie only did three days a week um, and uh, so I, I think it depends on the person like it's what works for you what, what's what, what, what's going to make the person put the most effort into their training is probably the best bet. If that's three days, then do that. If it's seven days, then do that. Like, we can figure it out. I mean, we're also not, like, pro athletes. Like, there's probably yeah. things that you can break down for, like, pro NFL players. And But if you, like, ideally, if you have no job, no other commitments, and you could do, like, two-a-days and sleep in between, that's, like, remove all I mean, the elements, cool. That's that'd be cool. I mean, when I did that, yeah. I got super strong real quick. <laughs> but I mean, like, that's why, like, at the Olympic Training Center, that's why they, like, they stay there. Yeah. And they, they, they'd probably do two days. I don't know, like, their schedule. But, like, and they train a lot. And that's their job. And then they relax yeah. and they train yeah. and relax. And it's that's not, like, it's just, it's for most people, especially, like, in powerlifting, it's, that's not reasonable. Um, like, you've got friends, family, job, like there's too much going on that like to do two days, seven days a week. Like I said, that might be awesome. Like for that was that'd be terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, if that's all you had, if, if all you had to well, do, I mean, they're Olympians. So like, <laughs> like, if, like if all you had to do was come in the morning and like do a heavy squat session and then go home and eat and rest and come back four or five hours later and do some assistance work, like. If that was your entire life, that'd be pretty easy. Well, that's why I said Misha was so strong. It's like <laughs> yeah. in Russia, he's sponsored by the government, and he could actually like just train and eat. Just train and eat. But yeah, like I, like I said, so I think it depends on the person. Um, what works for what works for you? Now, uh, another myth is that after they said a week, but any period of time, uh, your you your muscles atrophy fairly quickly. Accurate. Yes. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, without getting into like, I guess the physiology of it. Yeah, like I mean, I don't know how much people want to actually hear the physiology of everything, but I, I think it I takes mean, a while. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're you're not. I mean, if you don't work out for a week, you're not going to suddenly be small and weak again. Like it, it's 
it's going to take some longer than that. You might, when you take a week off, come back, you might not feel as strong as you were before because you haven't practiced those lifts in, in a week. So neurologically, you're not as adept at those exercises as you were when you were doing them more often. But yeah, a week off, you're not going to, it's not like you ruined everything. Yeah. Um, I do know, like we always talk about, it seems to take longer to get back into it um, than it does that, that you that you lost everything. So you take six weeks off and you feel like you lost everything. And six weeks later, you're not back to where you want to be, but it, you know, it takes longer. But no, it's like, if you want to take a vacation, that's fine. And if you want to take a vacation and not train, that's also fine. <laughs> it's okay if you're like... And I'm not trying to put any of our lifters down. We've got some, it happens all the time where it's like, hey, I'm going on vacation. Uh, can you write me a workout? I'm like, just do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll send I'll send you some stuff. Like, that's fine. But, like, honestly, like. Vacations are good for you. I don't know. Have fun. Just if, and if, if you, and if you want to work out because that's part of your fun, then that, then awesome. But, like, don't overthink it. It's fine. You'll be, you'll be all right. You're not going to fall apart in a week. Imagine that was what about like, like maybe two weeks? Okay. <laughs> what about the several months that you know you've been at school? Studying well, you should just quit at that point. Shit. I mean, like, <laughs> damn. Um, no, it, like you said, it's it. Like we talked a little bit in the last one, like start slow and slowly build up, and make sure that you feel good leaving, and it'll it'll come back. And like, and I've never seen anyone that like that takes some time off and doesn't come back to be as good as they were or get better. Like it just. It just means you got to get back to it and get consistent again. It's fine. Um, another myth that uh, people are worrying, wondering about is if they should do cardio before or after their work, like they're lifting. Um, I tell everyone to do it after. Okay. Um, if it's going to be in the same session, I mean. So, like, if you're going to come in, um, let's say you're coming in for a training session where you're going to lift weights and do cardio, I would tell everyone to do to lift first. Um the lifting's not going to have as much an effect, as much of a negative effect on your cardio as doing a full cardio session will on your lifting. Um, okay. So I'd yeah. rather see you lift weights first and then do your cardio after that. I think you'll have a better of both worlds. Um, if the if the sessions are split up, do whatever you want. Um, if you're you know like if you wake up in the morning and do your cardio right away and then lift later in the day, that's fine. Or if you lift in the morning and do cardio later in the day, that's fine. Um, I wouldn't worry about it at that point. Um, but if you're doing it in the same session, I would do it afterwards. Does that change with sort of the person's goals? Like, say, if they uh, are just using the lifting as, like, to get leaner. Okay. <laughs> just, yeah, I, didn't know if, I didn't know if I should just be like, no, I don't, I, like, <laughs> okay. no, I don't think so. I mean, like, I mean, even, even if, you're, if you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to gain muscle you're trying to get stronger i i think still i still think the cardio should be done afterwards um there's a lot of physiological reasons like you've already that it'll be more effective afterwards uh and like i said just something as simple as if you if you went into like a high intensity interval session like on like the road uh echo bike for like 20 minutes and then went to squat like your legs might lock up on you. You you you're gonna have a hard time squatting. Yeah. But if you squat first and then you finish your workout and then you do the echo bike, like you'll be you'll you'll be able to do it. Um, and then what your goals are, you just you'll tailor the workout to what the goal is. But either way, I still think it's gonna be cardio after. What do you think about plyometrics? 
first off, like, I don't get the difference that's between cardio a, and plyometrics. Like, that's a big jump. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're not even similar. What? Um, because when I think of plyometrics, I think of like P90X. Oh, no, not, no. You're thinking of like hit classes. Yes. Like, um, so, like, true plyometrics should be very explosive, very short, uh, very quick reaction time uh, with long rest. Um, so, you think of like, like the actual, like where it came from, like the shock training, where you're doing like a depth jump, where you step off of an 18 inch box and jump up to a 36 inch box. Like, when you hit the floor, it should be as quick of a rebound as possible and jump up. And that's a lot of power and that requires a lot of energy. You are not doing that for high amounts of reps. Like that might be for something that you're going to do for like set to two um, because it's going to take a lot out of you. Um, you have to have a, have a high, very high level of strength base for that. But that's when you're pushing plyometrics to what they're actually are when they're doing it at like at that full amount of strength and power. When you see it in classes where it's like we're doing 12 inch box jumps, like for sets of 20, um, yeah, that's I, not something I really want to do. But <laughs> I mean, I guess you're it, it, it's sort of plyometric in nature because you're yeah. still doing the jumps. But it, it, at that point, it's just cardio. It's fine. It's it's a very it it's not what the idea of plyometrics was based on. Like I guess it that didn't. I don't think that came from CrossFit. Maybe it got popularized from it. Like, but doing no, like I, explosive movements for like. Well, I think weight loss. I think they popularize it with the weights, but I mean, like you look at group training classes, like just aerobic classes. I mean, a lot of it there's high intensity stuff that you're doing for lots of reps because it it's hard. Yeah. Um, burpees are hard. They suck. They're stupid. Um, but like, but if I gave you <laughs> Come a set for you burpees, <laughs> but but like, but here's like where I argue with this. Like, if you did a set of three, where you drop to the ground in a solid plank position and do the push-up or not, mm-hmm. and then you come up to the tuck position and then actually jump, like aggressively jump and reach for the ceiling as high as you go, and you can get a good jump in, That that's a great exercise. There's a lot going on there. You're resisting extension. You're, get, you're working on hip strength and chest strength and core strength and the plyometric of jumping. But if you're doing a 1,000 burpees in a workout and you're collapsing to the floor and, like, you're just letting your core sink and you're slapping onto the ground and the jump is basically just a reach and you come up on your toes. Like that's just, that's just cardio. That's a, I mean, you're burning a lot of calories cause you're moving a lot, but that's not what I would want to use that exercise for. There's to me, get strong and then do cardio. Don't, um, I mean, we can pick up the pace and still do more. Um, I have Jen Sinclair's book printed out. That's lift weights faster. Like you can do a lot with that. But what she, what she's doing isn't out of control. It's like you know complexes and circuits where you're still doing things correctly that are heavy. Mm-hmm. You're just le- resting less. So I mean, it's not necessarily where we're going with plyometrics, but it's. I mean, well, is there like a a time where you would program a plyometric or like? Yeah, I, like I mean, like in the actual sense of a plyometric, yeah. absolutely. Like athletes, we. Um, our non-lifters, our actual athletes, are playing sports. Like that was mean to our our lifters. They're actual athletes. <laughs> That's accurate. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, they're going to do plyos all the time because they're going to be working on their power through uh, different jumps and hops and bounds and throws and things like that. Uh, for lifters, if you get someone who's very slow, uh, he was a grindy kind of lifter, um, broad jumps, box jumps, stuff like that can definitely help with trying to build some speed there. Um, it might not be as 
important as maybe doing like a like an exercise with less weight just faster because it's more uh, applicable to what you're actually doing but no I, I mean being more powerful is definitely going to be beneficial to everyone me use it as a tool to teach someone how to be more powerful and explosive mm-hmm. like if someone's a slow squatter have them do a box jump or something with some kind of resistance they're jumping against so they know how to use their body and then try to apply that rather than just like go faster like lift faster like that's actually another application where you could use it that right. makes sense for a power lifter yeah because like you can't jump slow like if you if you try to jump slow you don't jump <laughs> so like <laughs> start that slow jump routine slow jump routine <laughs> so you, like you have to apply, slow them down you have to move quickly apply that force and then and then go and like if you can apply that to the weights it's gonna you're gonna lift better I remember when I did track, there was this, this air alert routine. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's basically to get you to uh, jump higher. That's it. It's just to get <laughs> you to jump higher. And then basically, like, every every day, it would be, like, a series of different, like, calf lifting, like, toe raises and, you know. That's just, a myth, too. Yeah? I, there was a study years ago that was, like, you get more of your vertical jump from your anterior delts than you do from your calves. Oh, man. And, like, it, that's the, the, the swing of your arms. If you can more aggressively swing your arms, you will get more in your vertical jump than from your calves. So you're saying if I do shoulder 50s every day, yes, I'm going to no. start dunking on people. Because no. apparently, you know, side note, people from the Midwest and, like, the South mm-hmm. and... Not so much the West Coast, but the coast. Yeah, the Everyone coast. The East Coast. Every, every, in, in that little middle section of the United States are like really good at sports. <laughs> like what the hell, right? Because I was at school and I just like, I'm all like, oh, let's go play some basketball, right? Worst idea. They're all like really good at sports. I'm like, well, I'm just go home they and cry like I normally do. Are they all really good or are you really bad? I'm. I'm. I'm we're stopping. <laughs> Follow the gym on Instagram at TeamGPT. And for any questions about the podcast, email Brian at GleasonPerformance.com.